Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. That's the difference between you and I. For me, this is about passion, and for you, this is about fame. And nobody will ever remember you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Yeah, that works in Hollywood, that works in the movies, but this isn't the movies, this is real life. And in real life, I am the real hero. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome everybody to the latest edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast as our brand new intro introduced. I am your New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan, alongside my tag team partner, the Rogue of Wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman. Newman, holy shit this week. Like, we just... I know. We have too much to talk about. You know what? I have and to... I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> I, but it's we have too many good things to talk about. Normally yes, we have too many thing. bad things to talk about. Yeah. But overall, each episode we watched, I was like, okay, this is... We have something to talk about. Like... Mm-hmm. I, we're not saying every show was like, oh my god, you can't turn away, but like, there was a lot of good things on every show. Yeah, definitely true. A lot of good stuff on every single show. And you know what? For probably the first time ever on this podcast show, I'm going to give credit to Brock Lesnar. He did a good job this week. Holy, wait. I'm looking for the pigs flying. I'm looking for the apocalypse coming. I, I, he also had my favorite line, maybe of all time in wait, WWE. Wait, oh, hold up, hold up! You just complimented Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. to start it off. You were now saying that a Brock Lesnar speaking piece was I, one of your favorite parts this week. Can you guess what it was? Uh, was it getting the steak? close it was it, i think it was in the same segment it was at least in okay. the same type of segment it was backstage with paul hammond yeah he, he was coming in he said like brock are you watching the show and you see him reading the outdoorsman magazine and he like puts it down and he's like paul of course i'm not watching the show why the hell would i watch the show <laughs> <laughs> and i fucking lost it i actually had to pause it because i was laughing and rolling on the ground it was that bad. Like, I couldn't believe they broke the fourth wall that badly. <laughs> and we're just like, why the fuck would I watch the show? <laughs> you know, it'd be great if he expanded on that. If he was just like, <laughs> the writing has been horrible on this. I mean, yeah. do you see what they're doing with me, with Roman? And starts like, they, they keep just pushing explain. that guy, Roman Reigns, to fight me? <laughs> the crowd hates him. <laughs> it's ridiculous. He just turns into Smark Lesnar for a second. (laughs) (laughs) They should call him Smark Lesnar. Smark Lesnar versus Brain Strowman. That could could be your SummerSlam main event. (laughs) Oh, man. But Brock, I just thought, was so great on the the show this week. Yeah, and, and not even just in that great little sarcastic line, too, but like in the actual viciousness of breaking up with Paul Heyman. Yes. Oh, it was so good. Is it a breakout? Uh, well, I mean, I guess it could be, always be a swerve, right? It swerve in the sense that maybe Paul just comes back next week. I, I guess what would you like to see? Because I, I, I can see it going many different ways. I can see, obviously, 
to a breakup, I can see Paul coming back and going, Brock's just being Brock. Like, You know what I really want to see? I really, I really want them to actually just go the most simple, straightforward path based on what they just did. I mm-hmm. want at SummerSlam Paul Heyman to side with Roman Reigns against Brock Lesnar. It's very possible. Before this week, mm-hmm. I would say mm, maybe, but it's very possible now. Because like, here's a little bit of an idea. Like, if we go to SummerSlam and we have Paul Heyman betray Brock Lesnar and go with Roman Reigns, it adds a little bit of an interesting wrinkle to the whole thing. It helps explain a little bit part of why, like, well, all right, Roman Reigns has fought this guy so many goddamn times. If he was going to beat him, I feel like it should have happened already. So if there's a little extra catalyst to help him over that mountain to get him there, like maybe Paul Heyman even helps him cheat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Then you can have, you know, a little bit more of like, if, yet again, here you go. Here's another narrative excuse to turn Roman Reigns heel. And it can be a, a gradual turn and it makes sense. Paul Heyman can kind of corrupt him, right? Like if he gets a title and then Paul Heyman's managing him and stuff like that, he can kind of like start whispering in his ear and kind of like turn him into the next Brock Lesnar. Like... That's kind of what I would like to see. What about you? I I would like that. I mean, apparently already, Paul has been writing a lot of Brock segments starting back with the Goldberg stuff. I don't know if you heard about that. I wouldn't be surprised. So apparently he's been writing for Brock and Roman. Um, and, oh, and Roman. Or just, uh, yeah, he, just Roman he, like in the Brock-Roman feuds. Writing, producing, like he he's had input on this on Brock's feuds recently, like mm-hmm. direct input, not just he wasn't just a talent, right? So, I he could he already has a feel for Roman, right? So I think it could work really well. He and he probably knowing Paul, uh, I don't know him personally, but mm-hmm. like we know how Paul works, I could see him thinking about the long term future of both Lesnar and Brains. Well, and I think a couple of times, like throughout the years, we've even seen him sort of tease what it would look like. Because in the buildup for the um, fights between Lesnar and Reigns, we've seen Paul Heyman basically just cut Roman Reigns' promos, right? Where he talks about how it's like Roman Reigns is the Samoan ass kicking, whatever, the, all that stuff. And he's like, but he's not good enough for Lesnar. Like, he basically cuts a Roman Reigns' promo and then just says he's not good enough. He's, you know, just not as good as Lesnar. Like, mm-hmm. so we've already kind of seen it. I feel like he was already, like, practicing back then. And I don't know if that was ever part of the mindset, or maybe it was even just the back of Paul Heyman's mind of, like, let me just kind of try to work this into the promo. Let me try this out, because maybe this could be something they do later on. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's something, like, maybe Paul has really enjoyed being on the road, and maybe mm-hmm. he's stepping away from his other job as, I think he's, like, a producer or like online content creator or something mm-hmm. as his other job maybe he wants more time with this and so he's just thinking hey brock because brock is going to take time off no matter what like mm-hmm. yes he may stay with the wwe but he has a fight coming up so that means going into a fight camp that means not showing up to raws so paul might be thinking mm-hmm. hey i want to uh stick around and i want to do something mm-hmm. very true and you know, even from like a maybe even from like a creative standpoint, maybe he just wants to like change things up. I mean, obviously that would have to be like way more on Vince's part first to say that everything would go ahead. But also from Heyman's perspective, he might really be interested and be like, "Hey, you know what? If you guys are going to do something like this, maybe put me with Reigns for a little bit." 
Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, because <laughs> even if 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 they try it out and it doesn't, if they don't like it, they could always just like do like a flip floppy thing later where Heyman's like, "Oh, it was a long con the whole time, and I was only yeah. with you to try and get secrets for Lesnar, and then do you know something like that for a rematch." Or just have Paul really get the heat up again and then turn Roman back babyface or something like that. You, you have multiple ways out. Mm-hmm. You could True. have Steph fire Paul. You could, yeah. Like, there's a lot of escape routes. But I'm sure, like, if, you, if you've ever listened to uh, Bruce Pritchard's podcast, uh, Bruce does a, re- a really good impression of Paul. Mm-hmm. And he, he says things, it's like, if I may have another volley, sir. And like... <laughs> And he, so he sits there and goes, like, the, like, that's how apparently Paul would talk to Vince. And so I just imagine Vince, like, oh, Roman can never get over as a heel. And just Paul going, uh, if I may have another volley, put <laughs> him with me. And put him with me, sir, and I'll show you he can be the greatest heel this company's ever seen. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, could, I can totally. imagine something like that. Man, it's so true. He's like, you, you almost couldn't craft a better heel in certain ways. I mean, dude, managers all time, right? Like, because mm-hmm. to turn Roman, you you want a manager with him, right? I mean, there's a bunch of times you could do it without it, but, like, I'd totally be fine with him also turning heel with a manager, especially yeah. a manager with Heyman. There's a story there that makes sense. Yes, but all-time managers, living, dead, anybody from any company, who would you want? as the manager to do it and actually do it. you know who i would want more than anybody else and i'm pretty sure they've never actually managed anybody really get roman reigns's dad i want roman oh, reigns's dad uh, to manage him Alpha? yeah i want Alpha to come in or sika which one was his dad oh, oh, i'm gonna look it up now because it's gonna bug me <laughs> which, which whichever one of the wild samoans was his dad i yeah. want his dad to be his manager <clears throat> him just to like come in and be fucking pissed at his son and be like, you need to fucking become the world champion and achieve this for our family and anything less like is like not good enough. And just like turn him into this like unthinking, uncaring like warrior who just destroys and kills for his family's glory and he cares about nothing else. I think that'd be a cool like heal Roman Reigns. Sika. Damn it. Sika. There you go. So he's under Sika, and he's just yeah. like, fucking go out there and kill him, my son. Like, bring pride back to our family, back to Samoa. Like, something like that. Yeah. Guess what? Samoans are really good at being heels. <laughs> I would love to see, especially too, like, if he, you know, sees doing that, and then maybe it's like, hey, look, let's expand the empire. Bring the Usos in as well. Yeah. Just have, like, a Samoan empire of heels, and they're trying bring to collect in, the gold. Bring in Samojo. <laughs> I still think it would be so fucking hilarious if someday we had uh, Samoa Joe versus Roman Reigns and the stipulation is for the name. And if, <laughs> So whoever loses has to change one of their names. So if Samoa <laughs> Joe loses, he has to change his in-ring name. But if uh, Roman Reigns loses, he has to change his actual legal name. Like, <laughs> he can't be Joe Annoy anymore. He has to be something else. So that there can only be one Samoan Joe. Although actually, uh, that'd also be a great tag team. It's just the Samoan Joes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also just want to skit where like 
there's like a whole bunch of the the Anawahi family, mm-hmm. and then like Samoa Joe walks by, and they maybe not say anything, and they just look at each other, and then Joe just keeps walking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> although like, actually, uh, is he one of us? Or yeah, totally. That like, hmm, where's the where's the allegiance lie? But like, or uh, like from an interesting parallel Joe's between these with... two guys. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, or another skit is Joe with his family, Roman with his family, and like they're having a cookout in some park, and they're just near each other. <laughs> <laughs> just like, huh? There's another large Samoan family over there. Yeah. Uh, your your family comes to cookout on the same weekend at the same park? <laughs> huh? Weird. Uh, but yeah, from an interesting uh, parallel between those two guys, actually, uh, they're both gonna be challenging for the world titles at SummerSlam. Oh right. Because we got Samoa Joe going after AJ Styles. And man, after that killer promo he cut on AJ Styles, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him taking the title. That was another great uh, segment from this week. Samoa Joe's promo, uh, he just killed it. (laughs) Like, he... How do I describe it? He, like, turned AJ somehow... Like, obviously, the crowd hasn't turned on him, but, like, gave him negatives in a way that I couldn't imagine. Like, hmm. like hmm. it was very much heel logic, and it was great, right? Like, it was just like, yes, you're the champion, and you're this good guy to the, the crowd and stuff like that. But what about your family? You're hmm. on the road so much, and because you're champion, you're doing so much more than anyone else. Like, I was like, oh, shit, he's right. Like, hmm as a champion, you kind of have to abandon your family and like being critical of that. And it's, I thought that was great. Yeah. Exa- like it was, it was so perfect. Right. Because exactly like you said, everything that he said was true. Yeah. Like he was playing off the fact that, right. Like as the champion, you have so many more duties, you're constantly on the road. So therefore, because you're doing that, even, and even if because of part of why you're doing that is because you love your family and you want to provide for them, you can't be there for them emotionally because you're not there physically. And so just playing on that to fuck with Styles, because then he's like, you know, on the other side of that coin, he's saying this like, look, you know, that's also the reason that I'm going to beat you is because you have these sort of like split loyalties and things like that. You care about your family. You care about the championship. You're strung out. And guess what? I'm going to be the thing that just destroys you and takes away that thing that's taking you away from your family. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Like, it's just kind of just like this calm sort of inevitable. Like, I love the way that he delivered it too, right? Like, he was forceful, but he didn't, he wasn't yelling in the way that like a guy like The Miz, when he cuts a promo, he's like trying to make you believe what he's trying to say because he doesn't so he has... believe it. Uh, But like, sometimes, cause like, yeah. Because like yeah. Miz is always like talking past what he even believes he can do, I think. Mm-hmm. But like Samoa Joe is just like, nope. I'm going to beat you, AJ. This is just how it is. Drop the mic. Like, <laughs> Well, it's just different styles, right? Like, mm-hmm. Jake the Snake was one of the first guys. I don't want to say he was the first, because someone would be like, oh, no, someone actually did this. But, like, one of the first guys to do, like, the soft-talking promo that draws mm-hmm. you in and it captures your attention. And so I think Joe kind of takes... um takes that to, like, the next level. Of just this calm talk. Like, he, he doesn't do the super low, which is fine. He doesn't need to. But he just does the calm of, like, I'm going to beat you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Like, 
Yeah, I like how because like he does he he raises his voice every once in a while, but it's usually just like to drive home a point. Yeah, but yeah, I just I loved it. Like it was the right level of intensity. I can't wait to see the match between these two. Like, whew, holy shit! Uh, I mean, definitely that's like the world title match to look forward to from SummerSlam because yeah, Reigns Lesnar four. Uh, you got to change it up. Yeah, it's just it's gonna be boring. Uh, but something else that's going to be a little bit... Well, I don't know how this is going to play out exactly because this has been going on for a little while. I want to talk about Elias and his calling out of The Rock because he's been doing it a lot and he's been doing it more and more recently. I'm wondering if... Do you think this pays off at like WrestleMania or something? Like, Is it going to be that big or do you think that they try to wrap this up sooner at like maybe a SummerSlam or Royal Rumble, like just get in a quick Rock appearance or something? Or like, do you think this could actually potentially build to like a WrestleMania match or something with Elias? Hmm. I think it might just be a one-time appearance. Hmm. I like, don't think it's going to be anything too big. Because the way that I keep envisioning how it would go, and I, I think this would make some sense, is like, you know, Elias comes out, he's doing one of his concerts, and then The Rock interrupts, and then we get another Rock concert. So we have like. You know, them going opposites with the guitars. And then I don't know if you would just kind of end it there. Or, yeah, obviously then he comes into the ring, maybe hits a rock bottom on him, something like that. Or if you have that segment and then that builds to, like, maybe a match or something. And even if it were to be a match, I would assume it would be, like, you know, just, like, a couple of minute match. Like, it wouldn't be anything big. But... Yeah, I'm just not sure what Rock can fit into his schedule. That's a good point. It all really does depend on the Rock schedule, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, if he's filming a movie, he's not going to be able to wrestle. Like, they, they write that into his contracts now. Mm-hmm. Very true. So, it, ended up, it might end up just kind of building to nothing, but... I don't know. I, I, I don't know. With the amount that they keep bringing it up, because I feel like if it were going to build to nothing, and if it was just one of those things that they probably would have told him to stop doing it sooner or maybe he'd just do it on like Twitter but not on TV but he's been like calling him out on TV too so I don't know I feel like it's going to at least build build to something but yeah in WWE fashion it might just be like a one time segment mm-hmm. so that'll be fine though that could that could still be fun I'm not totally against that um, let's see ooh another thing I wanted to uh ask you about on Raw. Something that just kind of like came out of nowhere that I thought was actually pretty good was uh, the little segment between Bobby Roode and Mojo Rawley backstage. Yeah, that was an interesting one that kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, like, I mean, Mojo's been bringing it a little bit more recently. I will say that. But then Bobby Roode all of a sudden steps up. Mm-hmm. And like, these two feel like they have some like genuine heat or something. I don't know if it's just because like they're both really frustrated mid-carters. Maybe that's it. Maybe, and they're just like, fuck it, let's just put everything on the line. Mm-hmm. So, like, fuck it, man, I gotta get on TV somehow. That's true. I mean, it's a good idea, right? Yeah, because, well, and, and, like, they're kind of at the bottom of the, the sort of, like, the pecking order right now as far as... They're definitely like, lower, lower mm-hmm. mid-card. <clears throat> yeah. Which is kind of weird to say, right? Like, Raw's roster is, like, pretty big... And they've just got, like, a weird kind of, like, assortment of people where, like, 
guys like Bobby Brood have just kind of like come up and then they've just like not really done anything with them and they just kind of slide down into the mid card. Mm-hmm. So then now he's just like down there with like a guy like Mojo Raleigh who like Mojo Raleigh like kind of should be at this level and like sort of stepping up at this point. Yeah, he's he's been around enough. Like there's no excuse at this point. Yeah, like he's he's at the exact level I think where he should be right now. Like he's kind of at the lower levels and he should be getting those tests to get to the next step up. Exactly. Especially cuz like I have to admit he's come a long way too cuz like I thought he was going to be completely just shit and done and gone like cuz they brought him up way too early from NXT. Mhm. But like he's done all right for himself. Yeah. For what they've given him at least, you know. Granted. Yeah. <laughs> uh let's see. Should we switch over to SmackDown? Yes, because there was a couple good segments on SmackDown. Yeah, some really good ones. Besides the Smojo promo. Yes. There was a... Oh, man. I mean, was... What was the Lana Rooney? Was that your favorite from this week? No, not that. <laughs> not the Lana Rooney? <laughs> was it... Uh, you know what? I know what it was. Uh, it was definitely the development of the Women's Feud stuff, because I Becky Lynch, my God. I love that girl. Uh... Probably, like, is Becky becoming the babyface that we thought Bailey should be? I literally just thought of that. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, like, she's she's still the one who actually has that real deep, genuine connection with the crowd. Yes, and, like, even if she hasn't uh, been, like, the front, uh, the center of attention, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time, because she, she had that run with the title, but that really wasn't very long. When she first got it, she just kind of like was the inaugural champion and then lost it to Alexa Bliss, I want to say. Yes. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like I, I was totally thinking that she was going to take it from Carmella. But then now that Charlotte's entering into this feud, I, I'm worried and also potentially very excited because I think if WWE is smart, which is a big if and one we're usually wrong about. I would look at this opportunity as like, here we go. We have the seeds to go all the way to potentially WrestleMania as far as the SmackDown women's division. Because we've got Charlotte. You get her. I think she could win the title, but I think you would do it in a very specific way. In this match, because the triple threat, there's no rules, right? Like, they can uh, use tables, no. chairs. Like... Yeah, there's no DQ and no count out. Right. So she can. they can all be vicious and do whatever they want. So I think Charlotte has to like really viciously like fuck up Becky in this match, like right at the end, in order to secure the pin on Carmella. Like basically just take out Becky in a way that like is like a little bit over the top. Like you really didn't have to do that. Kind of maybe semi injure her. Like actually, you know what? If you wanted to, maybe the best way for this play would actually be to injure her in storyline to get the title. So then Charlotte's a champion. She's defending for a little while, and eventually then Becky comes back, and then you reveal that, like, oh, well, she did injure her on purpose, and she's kind of a bitch, and she's been a beat. Like, you know, just the, the friendship deteriorates. And then you have Charlotte versus Becky. WrestleMania, baby. <laughs> You're that or Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, something. Survivor Series would be too soon, but, yeah. Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. Something Becky, like that. Becky coming after the heel Charlotte, because Charlotte be heel again at this point. And then you've got the face Becky Lynch. 
that'd be a great win. Because, like, taking it off of Carmella, eh, alright. That's something, because at least Ned is not on Carmella. But, if she wanted off of Charlotte, that's a much bigger deal. And it could give her that, like, longer chase, right? Like, you want the baby yes. base to have the long chase. Yes, Becky is a much better chaser than a champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still think if she gets it, uh, the championship this time, I want her to hold it for a good amount of time. Well, you say that now. True, I could regret it because they could turn her and that would be the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's the other thing, right? Because WWE might be dumb enough to just take this whole opportunity and instead, like, seeing the crowd reaction to her where they're cheering her and they really love her. And they're like, fuck it, let's just turn her heel. <laughs> like, let's just have Probably. her get, get mad and jealous of Charlotte, who's better than her, I guess. And then she'll just turn heel against Charlotte. But I just loved, I mean, I have faith, though, because the ending of SmackDown was so good with Becky just, like, staring angrily at the TV. Not saying anything, just staring angrily. So, like, it let you think of what's going to happen, right? Like, it wasn't just, oh, we know that she's going to turn or something. It was just like, oh, what is Becky going to do? And it left you with it left you with more questions than answers. But I didn't want to ask myself that question. I didn't want to ask myself the question of, is WWE seriously considering turning Becky Lynch heel? (laughs) Are they this dumb? (laughs) I didn't want to ask myself that question. I wanted to just sit in my bed securely and know that they weren't going to do that shit. But, you know, I used to think that they weren't going to completely fuck Asuka up. But then they did. So. Can't always get what you want. In WWE, sometimes it seems like you rarely can, but this week was definitely an exception. We'll say that. Because uh, another really good segment from this week on SmackDown, another beatdown of Jeff Hardy by Orton and Nakamura. Yes. This is turning into quite a little friendship here between these yeah. two. Yeah. Like a, it's like a friendly rivalry, kind of. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what the exact dynamic is. They're still not like totally with each other either they're still like i'm not sure how you are and i'm not sure how you are but they still like kind of work together Mm -hmm. yeah it's sort of like the enemy of my enemy is my friend you know yes but i i do have to say i love thank god that at least you know somebody jeff hardy acknowledging continuity i loved his little promo he's like hey i want to get back the u.s title it means a lot to me so shinsuke i'm coming after you but Hey, Randy Orton, fuck you. <laughs> you pulled on my ear, man. It's like, but, like, that may not seem like much, but in the WWE universe, for a character to have the cognizance to remember that they're mad at more than one person for more than one reason is, like, astounding. They've been actually, SmackDown's really good with continuity, because you also had Daniel Bryan come back with, Hey, Kane, I don't know how I feel about you teaming up <laughs> with me again. <laughs> that's true yeah smackdown it's like it's a whole nother universe it's like somehow things Which are just better it's just crazy because vince oversees both shows so it's just like what happens with raw that you like maybe he like cares too much about raw and just fucks it up with smackdown he's just like i'll let them do what they want yeah maybe he just doesn't care about smackdown so he's just like whatever just do what you want he's like he's so tired of dealing with raw like he's just like yeah just do whatever on smackdown yeah. And the SmackDown writers take advantage of it. 
Oh, and man, they do. Because holy shit, Daniel Bryan and Miz was great again this week. That was a greatly written segment. That was awesome. Uh, so good that we even put it into our new intro for people who yes. are astutely listening. <laughs> My God. That, that, all the all right, the shouting, the, the crowning moment of this, which I actually cut off right beforehand uh, for your quote, because it didn't really apply to our intro, but it applies to the feud. Daniel Bryan calling out The Miz, saying that no one will ever remember you as a great superstar <laughs> because you're too soft. Man, did you see Miz's reaction? This got deep under his skin. Oh, but I'm sure that it was going over ahead of time. I'm waiting. I'm, yeah, obviously, but like, you could still tell like the emotional reaction was different because like Miz is not a good actor. No. <laughs> so, so like every other thing that he said to him and what the Marine like, wasn't good. <laughs> So, like, Daniel Bryan would sling the other insults, and he would do, like, you know, the typical reaction of, like, oh, well, I'm insulted and I'm angry. But that was the one that's, like, you didn't have to act for that one, buddy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the the reaction probably came from there is some truth, uh, like, to what the, each other is saying to them, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure Miz is jealous of the fact that Daniel Bryan came in with the popularity that he did. And then I'm sure Daniel Bryan like hates the fact that he had to give up wrestling for a while while Miz got to keep on doing it. So mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like I I feel like this feud is very, very real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I'm sure the two of them are like cool behind the scenes, but I'm sure there's just like, yeah, that there's that little bit of uh professional jealousy, we'll say. Well, yeah, I'm sure that they're at least, uh, you know, civil backstage, but uh, I doubt that these guys are ever hanging out with each other. Oh, sure, yeah, because they're very <laughs> different. But you know what I mean? It's not like they're sitting backstage going, like, fuck that guy. Yeah, I doubt that they're saying that out loud. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, could, I could believe to a little bit an extent, like, I think that there is a little bit of animosity. Like, not enough that they're actually going to, like, do something to each other, obviously. But I think that there is a little bit of an animosity to the point where, like, they do, I don't even know, I wasn't going to say disrespect, but I think at least in one way it is. Like, I don't think that Daniel Bryan respects the Miz. And I don't think that he should, because, like, from a wrestling standpoint, like, why the fuck would you? Um, I don't know. Like, only, only very recently, and even only very recently, has he come into his own as, like, a really good, solid wrestling character. He's still not a good wrestler from like a physical standpoint. At his best, he's okay. I mean, I just don't know if I don't know. <laughs> I mean, would you disagree? <laughs> yeah, about Miz's like skill set, but I don't I don't know if that ever comes into a huge play when guys are cutting promos on, on each other. Well, but like I mean in, in any sort of industry, if if you have the same job as somebody else and you're doing the same thing as somebody else, like you have a certain level of like respect for them, and that varies depending on who that person is and their competence. Mm-hmm. Like you as a scientist, you work with other scientists in your lab, right? Yeah. Do you respect various scientists that you work with at different levels because they're more or less competent? Very much so. <laughs> I, so I, I'd say it's the same thing. That yeah. like among I the guess wrestlers, yeah, I just don't think it, about it that way. So 
Because, yeah, like, if you look at the world of the wrestlers, and especially the world of wrestlers that, like, he's exposed to and the people that he's around, like, Miz is, like, at the bottom of that chain. Especially for guys who've been around that long. Like, he's been around for a very long time and is, like, not very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's coming to his own, though. He's he's finally coming to... The, like I said, he's a very good wrestling character now. Finally. Because before, he was okay. Now he's very good character. And now he's a passable, okay, in-ring performer. I still think he would be infinitely better as a manager. I, I think we're spending way too much time on this. <laughs> no, this this feud is important. this Because we're talking about how real this feud is. Because yeah. this is like why it has so much juice. And who knows, depending on the uh, signing or not signing, this might be like Daniel Bryan's last feud in WWE. This is a big deal, Joe. I think he's re-signing with WWE. But... He, yeah, he probably will. I, <laughs> I, I think so, too. <laughs> Conceded that one fast. Well, I, I, we, actually, I talked about this last week. I think the biggest decider was because of the fact that he has a kid now. Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah, because, like, before, like, if he didn't have a kid, then he'd be like, whatever, I can live off the amount of money I can make on the indies. Mm-hmm. And if Bree's gonna fucking make a shit about it, then she can make a shit about it. But with the having the kid, it's like, alright, I can work an infinitely safer style. I know that I'm more guaranteed here. And making a lot more money is important for, like, you know, paying for her college and just setting her up for her fucking life, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, he'll probably resign. And just, like, why would you at that, like, why would you want to travel over like you would for the indies, like, where you have to book your own stuff, and I don't know. Oh, because you can have, like, creative freedom, and then you can, like, choose your own schedule. Uh, you can... But if you're, like, Dude, obviously, like, I... obviously he's comfortable in the style that he's in, so. I think that. I think he's comfortable with it because he's been doing it for a long time. I think that if I, I'm kidding you not, if it were not for the fact that he has that kid and the amount of money difference that he would make, I think that he wouldn't think twice. He would not sign with WWE. I don't know, but he also may be thinking about his health too. So, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I guess that's the other flip of the coin is like depending on what sort of deal he could work with WWE versus like what he could get out. You know, like if he wanted to make me like you know make a new deal with New Japan or something, for example, mm-hmm. maybe he's working a lot more limited dates. You know, maybe he doesn't have to do these like crazy hardcore matches like he does in WWE. Yeah. Maybe he's only wrestling one. Like, cause Kenny Omega outside of this G one right now, like he doesn't have like a super intense schedule for the most part. Like maybe Daniel Bryan could work something similar. Maybe he'd be making, yeah, maybe not quite as much money as he'd make in WWE, but still like. Probably quite a lot. Like I, th- I bet if he signed with New Japan or something like that, he'd make, yeah, you know, he could get a pretty good deal. I'm assuming. Yeah, but then it takes a toll of traveling over to Japan every month. Then, <laughs> whatever, go to Japan once a month or be on the road for eternity with WWE. Dude, the New Japan schedule is way harder than that. But WWE is non fucking stop. Like just non stop. But he, you're you're traveling within the United Like, look at uh Carl Anderson and uh, But if you're not home, Luke you're Gallus. not home. Like if, if they, you're not yeah, home, but, it doesn't who cares if you're a hundred miles away or well, a hundred miles might as well go home. Whether you're five hundred miles away or five thousand miles away, who gives a shit? But you have more of a chance of getting home if you're traveling around the US than you do of being over in Japan for a month. 
I don't think you do because the the amount. Yes, you do. No, dude. The, the, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson said that exact same thing. They're like, yes, the WWE schedule is hard, but we're traveling within the United States, and we can be home more. Because New Japan signs you on tours. It's mm-hmm. not like every week you have a chance of going home. No, it's like you're there for months at a time. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, maybe move the family over to Japan. It's a lot safer. <laughs> Kids can okay. walk to school. Don't have to worry about getting shot. All I'm saying. Very healthy living with over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, WWE, I just, I couldn't deal with Vince McMahon. That man's a psychopath. Yeah, but that's you. You only deal with Vince at TV. But like he he controls your career, like he can make you go out there and shove mayonnaise up your ass. Like that's the kind of like weird shit that he like he can make you go out there and make people throw poop on you. He's actually had several people have had poop thrown on them on yes. TV. Like he's but he's put poop on himself too. Who cares? Like <laughs> he just does stupid shit. That's what I'm saying. Is like I. Like that kind of like psychological pressure of like being the slave to a madman like that. I, I don't know how they do it. I mean, that's there's a, there's a lot of people that work like that though, even in other professions. I don't know how they do it either. <laughs> I don't know how anybody does it. I don't know. How anybody... I think it's the fact that they get paid a lot of money to do something that they love to do. That's true. The money does grease the wheels, doesn't it? <laughs> Ooh, but speaking of greasing the wheels, uh, this is a really nice little transition. Uh, there was a talk about Cedric Alexander being the Brock Lesnar of the 205 Live Division. What the fuck? What? This was in a little promo they were talking about with... Um, I'm trying to remember who fucking called this. Who said this? Um, oh, yeah. Gulak said this. He was saying that he was like, because it's like, you, you, uh, I'm the workhorse of the division and you only show up when the money's good enough. And when the stage is big enough to defend your title, I'm the one here busting my ass and making 205 Live what it is. And so he wow. called he called Cedric Alexander the Brock Lesnar of the 205 Live division as an insult. Yeah, I missed that. And Cedric Alexander did take it as an insult, as he should. But I just disagree with that, though. <laughs> He's been there from the beginning. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I disagree with the assessment, but... I just thought it was a hilarious comment. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that is hilarious. So, but yeah, I'm I'm digging two hundred five lives direction because I I really feel in Drew Gulak because they have a direction. Yeah, and they've got like a little bit more of a focus, and like they've got an identity for what the show is. Like it's so much more mm-hmm. wrestling focused as far as the show, and there's like they're developing the right level of characters for some of these people. Like it's it's coming a long way. Yeah. It 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 makes me not regret watching it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like, oh shit, why are we watching this? Like <laughs> Ooh, although something else I'm looking forward to. Over on NXT we got a little bit of a tease for an upcoming feud. What are your thoughts on Velveteen Dream versus EC three? I love it so far. The two of them cut great promos against each other. Uh, Velveteen Dream doing like the snapping with the lights on and off, mm-hmm. and then EC3 just being like, 
he's done the cocky promo before, but something about that promo, he just like really got into it and felt it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. He really brought it. Yeah. Yeah, so this is going to be, I would assume this is uh, this is one of the feuds at next uh, TakeOver, yeah? Yes, definitely. I was trying to think uh, about this one, and it seems like traditionally at this point, Velveteen Dream is perennially in the spot of like putting over other guys. Mm-hmm. But this is the kind of guy that, like, I don't know. I can kind of see them I'm, going either way on this one. And I want to see them do, like, a, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A long-term storyline with them for this, because mm. I think they could, but they could both pull it off, so. Totally. I'd like to see them in a little bit, like, a longer program. Yeah. Yeah. Although, you'd have to, you have to give Velveteen Dream a win, I think. I think definitely so. And I think EC3 can take the loss. He's obviously like way over with the crowd. Both of them are. So yeah, I don't think it would like do them any harm to have one of them lose. Well, mainly EC3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could totally. That'd be really fun to see. Mm-hmm. Cause that's just like, that's just a very interesting like clash of characters. Like it's just two huge fucking egos. Yes. But egos in in different senses, right? Yeah, very much so. Whereas Velveteen Dream's just like kind of about himself, but not an, a true asshole about it. Whereas EC3 is like the one percent asshole. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's the one percent, one hundred percent asshole. <laughs> mm-hmm. Although he's, I don't know, he's not quite as much of an asshole as Champa, though. Like he just. Oh my god! My god! Did he has you weird heat? Did you check out? Uh, catch what the the woman said to him. The woman that he went over to and was like, "I remember you." Like I'm the champion now. You can't do anything. As he walked away, she said he has a little dick. <laughs> I didn't see that. That's you can see her like mouth it and uh, and point like in his the direction of his <laughs> crotch. <laughs> You have small penis. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. So I wonder, has that ever been like a wrestling chant at anybody? Like, has the crowd ever chanted at somebody that they have a little dick? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure it's some indie show, but not on anything major, I think. Hmm. That'd be fun. Maybe somebody try to get a chant like that going someday. But <laughs> That would be hilarious. Yeah, no, that's great. Dude, Champa is so good right now. And he's so right. It's similar to the Samoa Joe promo, where he was just like, mm-hmm. "Look, I told you I was gonna beat Johnny Gargano, and I did. I'm, I was gonna beat uh, Alistair Black. I did. Those guys, and he put them over. He was mm-hmm. like, those are both great wrestlers, but I am better than them. So he's like, I'm number one, and they're two A and two B, which is way down below me. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's fucking great. Like, yeah, that was excellent. Very well done." Yeah, because he yeah. said, like, yeah, they can fight as much as they want for who's 2A and who's 2B. But, like, I'm number one. Yeah. Just excellent fucking stuff. And then, too, with, you know, Gargano and Black then coming out later, too. That mm-hmm. was great, too. Black, you know, being like, hey, look, I didn't forget what you did, buddy. <laughs> and I'm going to kick you in the head for it. <laughs> exactly. Because that's just how Alistair Black be. He just kicks motherfuckers in the head. Yeah. The Dutch people. They're really good at kicking people in the head. <laughs> the, wow, way to be racist, Joe. 
all of the Dutch people just to race a head kickers. Uh, the other day during softball, one of the one of the guys mixed up uh, the two girls on our team's names. Like I think it was Olivia was up to bat, and he was like, "All right, Caroline," and we were like, "Oh, sexist." <laughs> <laughs> Mm. So, let me catch you up on a few things that have happened in Lucha Underground. Because this was a really big episode. Yes. I saw it. Oh, you saw it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Alright, holy shit. We got things to talk about then. Uh Uh-huh. The reptiles and the worldwide underground are in a full-out war. (laughs) Definitely. And I love it. I've I've been waiting for... Because Worldwide Underground really hasn't had another group to feud with, right? Yeah, they've they've kind of fucked around with like there was the the Lucha it, League, um, but it's yeah, been a while. But with, with the the Lucha League wasn't any level of this. No. Yeah. No, not this. This led to like Indiana Jones style infiltrations. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, so we should tell the people in it because like I, I I don't think everybody watches Lucha Underground, unfortunately. No. But uh, so we had Daga from the Reptile Tribe defeat mm-hmm. PJ Black in a match. Yeah, great match. Uh, but just just kind of like enough to set up uh, what's going on to the restless angle, and we see that we're gonna be getting a big tag match. It seems like next week or sometime soon. Four on four, yeah. Four on four of uh, Worldwide Underground versus the Reptile Tribe, and if the Worldwide Underground lose then they lose Johnny Mundo to the Reptile Tribe forever, in the same way that mm-hmm. I guess Drago is imprisoned. But if they win, then they get a wish from Koba Moon, which seems kind of, like, ambiguous. Yeah, I was going to like, say, and also, how do we trust Cobra? Yeah, it's like, why do, you, why do you trust this bitch? Like, is there, like, a secret ancient magic that she can't lie about this thing or something? <laughs> I don't know. I would be like, uh... I would be like, uh, I want a wish from uh, fake Dario. <laughs> Well, hey, I mean, I guess at least they didn't trust her too much, right? Because they immediately were like, hey, let's trick her into the, the serpent's ball, which is like the corniest fucking shit ever. <laughs> uh, but then they, they infiltrate in there, and then they fucking... Well, they they see Drago in there. There was like a coffin. Um, mm-hmm. They get into a scuffle, and then they uh, Taya kills Luchasaurus. Like, just cuts his fucking head off. Luchasaurus, no! Luchasaurus, no! So yeah, I don't even know how. I mean, the... I guess if there was a guy to kill off, he was the one. He was like just getting over too. Like, <laughs> damn, poor Luchasaurus. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. I guess uh, the reptile tribe's gonna have uh, trouble getting numbers. Mm-hmm. This match, I'm thinking. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. But uh, very exciting shit. Very exciting shit. Definitely. And that wasn't the only death. We also got confirmed to see that Big Rick is in fact dead. <laughs> just like here you go he's just in this locker right here yeah big mac got scared oh my gosh they're just killing everybody aren't they there have been a lot of people who've died on lucha underground especially this season yeah they, they're killing people left and right yeah. uh Although, but the reptile tribe wasn't the only tribe in action this week uh true. we also got the rabbit tribe taking on the mac son of havoc and kill shot mm. Defending those trios championships. Which switched hands. So interesting trios of Killshot the Mac and Son of Havoc. Well, they, they already were the champions. Oh, wait. I thought it switched. 
No, they they retained. Because remember, like, at the uh, uh, Son of Havoc was, like, given the trios championship. Right. Because before, like, AR Fox was the one who was with them. Or Dante Fox. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was... Because, yeah, they they hadn't won the championship. Son of Havoc just had them and then teamed up with the Mac and Killshot, right? Right. Yeah. Got it. All right. But, yeah. But on the other championship, we got... um, the ultimate stupid babyface syndrome um, from El Dragon Azteca, who is saying that he plans on keeping the Gift of the Gods title all the way to Ultima Lucha 4, and that he's going to defend it along the way. Yeah. He's losing it. About that. <laughs> so, I think we were right. We called this last week. We are like, yeah, I don't think he's going to become Lucha Underground champion. He he just lost something without Ray there. Yeah, yeah, with, with yeah without Ray there, he's he has lost a step. I would say that you're right. And I guess Ray's really not going to be coming back either, especially now that he's like on New Japan. He's on going to be back on uh, WWE again, maybe soon. Yeah, probably. So, well, and now he's going to lose the Gift of the Gods title, but to who? That's the question. Um, we saw Cage and Cuerno fucking up Pentagon in the main event. Because, of course, Pentagon's just like, fuck it. I'm not even going to have a tag team partner. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, I'm such a badass. Well, he's got a split personality, right? So Yeah, there you go. He counts twice. <laughs> he, he's Pentagon Jr. and Pentagon Dark. So He should have even like built it that way. It's like, introduce me twice. Uh, it kind of works, though, because he, he is Pentagon Jr. in Impact. So it's almost like he has two different personas. Mm. That's right. Although, actually, uh, speaking of that too, did you hear that uh, apparently WWE is quite interested in Mr. Pentagon and Phoenix? Wow. I'm surprised they're interested in both of them. Although, from what I hear, their um, contracts with Lucha Underground would definitely make that difficult because they're very key players here in Lucha Underground. I think they're signed all the way up through like Season 7. Yeah, Lucha Underground really cinches their guys in yeah like cinches so. in like the really important guys like i think them cuerno uh probably like mil mortez johnny mundo, mundo like all well, johnny guys. said he he signed like a really long deal the right before the first time he walked out on tv so mm-hmm. oh i mean like this is like his brainchild this tv show so mm-hmm. I, I don't even think you could pay this guy to leave like um but yeah and it's just interesting that a WWE would be interested in those two at the same time because uh, Ultimo Dragon just did a really good interview on uh, Jericho's podcast. And he said that he felt that they really were just like when they signed him, they were like, oh, now we have another mass superstar, but we already have Ray. So you just kind of get to do this. Like, and he was like, he felt that he wasn't really used properly because of that. Mm hmm. Yeah, that is really like a bummer in in WWE. Like outside of the whole Lucha Underground contract thing, I wouldn't hope that they would go over, especially not Phoenix. Like Pentagon, maybe because he's like a different enough guy that they might try to do something different with him. But like Phoenix, they're just gonna try and make him Kalisto. Mm-hmm. They're just gonna try and make him do Lucha things because <laughs> WWE only knows how to do one type of mass character. Lucha things. Well. At least, like, one masked luchador gimmick, right? Because I guess, like, yes. Kane, that's, like, a different mask gimmick. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they know how to do two different mask gimmicks. You can either be Rey Mysterio or Kane. That's it. Or Mankind. That's it. Yeah, wasn't really a full mask, though. Can we go? <laughs> yeah, that's, that was a half mask. So two and a half. Mm-hmm. There are two and a half mask characters in WWE. <laughs> and that's it. Yep. Actually, I, I'm trying to struggle. Was there anything else from this week? I think we might have covered most of it. Yeah, uh, we go through it fast when we like what's going on. <laughs> Ooh, you know what? The last thing I wanted to just circle back on, because it was the very first thing we talked about. Um, want to get last little thoughts. When Heyman was getting attacked by Lesnar, like at the very uh-huh. end, when he was like driving him down to the ground and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the crowd's reactions? Because, like, first of all, Lesnar did a really great job of actually garnering genuine heat. People were really booing it. But then at the yeah. same time, there was a sizable portion of the audience actually chanting, we want Roman. Like, not yes. we want Braun, not like just a gen- Like, they were specifically chanting, we want Roman. So you, you definitely heard Roman, so did I. There's some mm-hmm. people arguing on the internet that it was Braun, but I definitely think it was Roman. Oh, like maybe people were saying, we want Strowman? Yeah. Maybe, I thought it was Roman. I thought. Yeah. Um, I, def- I think it was just, Heyman is a really good baby face. Mm-hmm. Like draw in it when it when in that well, situation he's he sympathetic was. right yeah exactly sympathetic yeah like sorry said, sympathetic like right exactly. he's, in that situation he's sympathetic he's this old fat jewish guy all right like <laughs> and a most likely going to be a wwe slash ufc champion just drove him into the mat like if you sit there and go like yeah he deserved it like, <laughs> he's kind of an asshole and so i think the crowd is just like okay this would lead to a great segment like one of my favorite segments of all time <clears throat> was uh zach gowan uh facing zach gowan and stephanie McMahon facing off against the big show to get zach gowan a contract with the wwe mm-hmm. and brock lesnar and kurt angle both came out to help him out and it was like some of the biggest pops i remember mm. and so that's why i think like the, the crowd was like, all right, yeah, this is where someone comes in and, like, helps. So they, they chanted, we want Roman. Mm-hmm. And it kind of worked out. Like, they did a good job of getting that reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a great job. And also, too, like, I mean, Heyman did such a good sub- job selling this, too. Because it wasn't just like, a, you know, he picks him up and he slams him and then it's over. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he had him. He was, like, driving him down. It was slow. And then there was, like, you could hear, you know, Paul saying, it's like, Brock, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Brock, I can't breathe. Like, that's so good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so sympathetic. Yeah, because, like, because Heyman's the kind of guy that, like, anybody in the audience could beat up. Hmm. Like, you know what I mean? So, it's like, if I could beat him up, then, like, I mean, Brock, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Come on. You don't need to do this to an old man. Like, an old fat man. Yeah, so I loved it. I thought it was great. Yep. And uh, I think that'll pretty much do it for us this week. Yeah. I'm surprised I uh, am still functioning right now. (laughs) Standing on your last legs. Exactly. Uh, That will do it for us this week. Uh, We will be back to a regularly scheduled uh, upcoming weeks because softball is over tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thanks for everyone's patience and like that, all that stuff (laughs) for this season. 
And catch us next week as we catch you up on hopefully another good week of wrestling from all of our favorite shows. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I think next time we will either have the, the finals of the G1 or we'll be like just about to get into the finals of the G1. So we can talk more about that. We can do it. Yeah, we can do like an overall rundown. Exactly. We can catch up on the G1 and do all that stuff. All right. Sounds good. See you guys next week. Peace.